One full week of the Biden regime. How's that working out for you? Bold Alpha is presented by Davidoff of Geneva. Introducing the new Camacho Nicaragua. Forged in fire, harnessing the wild flavors of Nicaragua. Camacho, live loud. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Trenta. Commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence, the Gurkha Trenta is everything you'd expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction, exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. GurkhaCigars.com. Greetings and salutations from Command Center Alpha. It is Alpha Dave, your five-star global general and alpha male-in-chief. Bold Alpha, alpha male pleasure maneuvers, conversational maneuvers, and of course, unadulterated commentary. President Biden. Oh, does it pain me to say those two words together. To me, President Trump is still president. He will always be president. He should be president in perpetuity. But Biden, exactly one week he has been president. How's it been working out so far? What do you think? Absolute, unmitigated disaster. Today, climate change executive orders coming. Now, this is a classic. We have been hearing for I don't know how many years climate change. First, it was global warming. Then it's climate change. Because the earth wasn't warming, it was cooling. But then all of a sudden, no, it's climate change. And what do we always hear? It's an emergency. It's an existential threat. If we don't do something in the next 10 years, the planet will be gone. We've been hearing that for 40 years. You'll get a kick out of this. Last weekend, I happened to be flicking around on uh, one of the cable networks looking around for something or other, and I come across The American President, a movie that was made probably 25 years ago. Rob Reiner, Meathead was the, I think, producer and the director of that particular motion picture. And it starred Michael Douglas, Annette Bennington, and basically the premise was that, obviously, the president at the time was a Democrat. And he ends up in a relationship, he's widowed, he ends up in a relationship with a lobbyist for a climate change group, a, an environmental group that wants a 20% reduction in greenhouse gases. Now, this was produced 25 years ago. And everywhere. And when I first saw the movie 25 years ago, climate change wasn't as prevalent of an issue. It hadn't really been created into the hysterics that we see it today. So when I originally watched the movie 25 years ago, you really didn't think much of it. You really thought more of just the plot line. A widowed president, he meets this gal. They end up banging. They end up getting together and happily ever after. Well, it dawned on me after I started watching this because they're talking about climate change. And I was going to change the channel, and I said, wait a minute, not so fast. Let me see what they have to say about climate change. Now that we are 25 years later, from when that movie was initially produced. What did they have to say back then? Well, sure enough, if we don't do anything in the next 10, 15 years, we're going to be doomed. The earth is going to be destroyed. We have to do it now. And 10% isn't enough. We need 20%. Well, here we are 25 years later, 
And we're all living, eating, working, breathing. Of course, we're all suffering under a Biden administration. But everything is just fine. But yet, we have this existential threat. And it goes on and on. And today, as I record Bold Alpha, midday, on Wednesday, January 27th, 2021, I am looking at the press secretary, Jen Psaki. Doesn't she? That sounds like a sounds like should be like a Japanese beverage or a Japanese sushi roll. I'd like a Gensaki, please. Gina McCarthy, the former head of the EPA, National Climate Advisor, looks like she's about 198 years old right about now, holding a White House briefing on climate change, and John Kerry, who is the what is his official title? Wait a minute, he's got some cockamamie title. The Special envoy, presidential envoy for climate. And one of the first things that Biden did was get us back into the Paris Climate Accord. And everyone's hailing it, saying, this is wonderful, this is great. We're going to bring, bring down all the emissions. Oh, one little problem, China, the largest polluter in the world, doesn't have to do anything in terms of bringing down their emissions. All they're giving is a pledge that they will work to bring it down. Yet, the United States and other developed countries are all getting shafted. As I've stated before, climate change isn't about climate. That's a crock of bullshit. And if anybody believes it's about climate change or warming or cooling, think again. It is about one and only one thing. Wealth transfer. That's it. Wealth transfer. If climate change was such an existential threat... Such an um, impending doom and gloom emergency where we've heard that sea levels are rising, that coastal cities, New York, Miami, Tampa, Charleston, L.A., they'll all be off the face of the earth in 10 years. Yet, former President Barack Hussein Obama, Mr. Climate Change himself, Mr. We Have to Be Very Careful About Rising coastlines and rising water levels affecting coastlines is so worried that he doled out 13 large 13 million dollars this summer to purchase an estate on Martha's Vineyard on the water you guessed it at sea level so I ask you this question if Barack Obama Mr. Climate Change himself Mr. The uh, uh, tides are, are, are increasing. The water levels are increasing. If he's so concerned about it, why would he spend $13 million on a, a, a large estate at sea level on Martha's Vineyard? And the answer is because this has nothing to do with climate change. They all know it. But as I always say, 50% of the American people, actually 50% of the world's population are stupid. Now the good news is those people that listen to Bold Alpha... And those that also listen to our brother podcast, the Cigar Dave Show podcast, you are intelligent, you are intellectual, you are learned, you read, you are up to date on current events, you understand how to decipher truth from fantasy, you know the difference between reality and bullshit. I always say that I can spot bullshit from a blimp in a fog storm. Climate change easy to spot. It is all about wealth transfer. You don't see 
Al Gore stop living in 13,000 square foot mansions, do you? You don't see Al Gore, Mr. Oh, the earth has got the flu. If we don't do anything now, the earth is going to be dead in five years or 10 years. He has no problem traveling by private jet. All these people that claim to be so concerned about the environment and the climate, they have not changed their lives one bit. So why the hell should you? But yet they want everybody now to drive an electric vehicle. In fact, one of the items in the climate change executive order, and I think Biden now, Mr. I'm against executive orders, has signed more executive orders in one week than all of his previous predecessors combined, the last four predecessors combined. I think he's up to now, I don't know, 19, 20, somewhere along those lines. I think President Trump was three or four. Obama was, I think, four or five, and I think Bush was zero, and I don't know how many Clinton did. But one of the things that they're going to state in this executive order, that all the government vehicles, every federal government vehicle, should be converted to an electric vehicle. 650,000 electric vehicles to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Well, now, one little problem with that. Zero emission vehicles is what they want to go to. All electric. Okay. One little problem. When you drive your zero emission vehicle, an electrically charged vehicle, it needs to be charged every several hundred miles. Or your battery drains and you will go nowhere. You have to plug your car in to charge on a regular basis. So when you plug your car in to charge, connects from the car to a power outlet in your home. Where does that power come from? Does it come just magically? No, it comes from a power station via the power grid. What is the number one method of producing power in this country? Natural gas, by far. Now, nobody wants to build more power plants, but you're going to have to build more power plants if you're going to charge 650,000 to whatever, 100 million vehicles. However, I don't even know how many vehicles. Sergeant Steve, do me a favor. Can you do a DuckDuckGo search and see how many vehicles are on the road presently? It's got to be something like, I don't know, maybe, what, 50 million, 100 million? Whatever it is. But let's say in the next 10 years, every carbon-fueled automobile and truck and bus taken off the road and replaced with an electrically powered vehicle. Do you know how many power stations are going to have to be built? The power grid is going to have to be updated. And since nobody wants any type of fuel with carbon emissions, Sergeant Steve, you have the number? 279.6 million vehicles on the road in the U.S. Let's, why don't we just call it 280 million? What do you think? What do you, what do you say, 276? We'll call it 277. 279.6. Oh, 279? Okay, yeah, we'll call it 280 million. 280. Yeah, 280. 280 million. 280 million cars on the road. If all of a sudden, in the next five years, every one of those vehicles goes from carbon-powered, gas, diesel, to electric, do you know how many power plants are going to have to be built? Do you know that you can't build enough solar and enough wind to power, not even probably 1% to power those cars? It doesn't work. And when people say, oh, we can just do solar. Okay. Do you know how much land you need for solar? In fact, here in... Tampa, where Bold Alpha and the Cigar Dave Show podcasts originate from, Tampa Electric just announced a new 60-megawatt 
solar farm and it takes acres and acres. I mean, it's like, you know, 80, a hundred acres. It's huge. That's all great. If you have the land to do it, the problem is you need a ton of land. You can't do it in the middle of big cities. It's not necessarily that easy to all of a sudden build it. And then you have to transport that, that energy other places. And then windmills, everybody says, Hey, wind, great. Go try building a windmill right now. Anywhere. Nobody wants windmills in their backyard. Even the people on Martha's Vineyard and Nantucket that are so concerned about climate change. When there was a proposal to build an offshore wind farm, up, all the hands went up and said, no, no, we can't have that here. That's unsightly. So how the hell are you going to power, get enough power, generate enough power to charge all these vehicles? And yet not one reporter asked Biden or any of his advisors, not one reporter said, wait a minute, you're going to put all these vehicles, electrically charged vehicles on the road. You got to power them. You got to recharge them. What are you going to do about power plants? Nobody wants nuclear. Nobody wants natural gas anymore. Coal's out of the question. You don't have enough. There's no way there's enough wind and there's enough solar to power the needs of all those new vehicles. One other little item here. When these batteries die out, and they do in these electrical vehicles, they are an absolute disaster to deal with. There's very dangerous chemicals and elements that are present within those batteries, not easy to dispose of. Nobody's thought of that. Yet when all these batteries go bad, what do you do? At least with a car, you've got metal, aluminum, you can recycle much of that uh, of those materials. You can't do it with electrically charged or electrically powered vehicles. The batteries cannot be safely disposed of. But again, nobody's thought of that. So here we are with another executive order. And by the way, this morning I happen to be talking to somebody who is what I would consider not exactly political, apolitical, and actually not really. They're probably right down the middle. Now, they weren't big Trump supporters, not a big Biden supporter. So I said today, they said, geez, did you see that gas has gone up like 20 cents a gallon? I said, sweetheart, 20 cents is going to be a drop in the bucket. Gas is going up three, four dollars a gallon guaranteed between the XL pipeline, between knocking off drilling on any public lands, eliminating fracking. Which, by the way, first Biden said, oh, I would definitely not do it. Then, yes, I would. Then, no, no, I won't. Especially when he was campaigning in Pennsylvania. Well, he will. And what will happen, there will be a tipping point. Because I've got friends that said, yeah, I didn't like Trump, but I voted for Biden. I like what Trump did, but I didn't like uh, his personality. I didn't like the tweeting. Well, let's see how much they enjoy five, six, seven, ten $10 a gallon gasoline. And that will be the tipping point. When gas hits five bucks a gallon on average in the country, mark my words, that will be a huge inflection point. The only way, the only reason they're jamming through all these executive orders, because they know damn well a Congress which is teetering on the brink and in two years could turn both the House and Senate back to the Republicans, there is no appetite in both of those houses or both of those legislative chambers to get overly aggressive. There are some libs that are ready to do it, but certainly some of the senators, 
not willing, even the Democrat senators, because in two years, I think 20 of them are up for re-election. But in the meantime, don't worry. We'll be paying more for gas. We'll be paying more for fuel. While the rest of the world, while China, our number one enemy and competitor, doesn't have to follow any sort of emission protocol, we get screwed. American businesses, American workers, and American citizens get screwed once again. Never fails. Biden, seven days? Enough. I'm done. Bye-bye. Some cigars just can't be tamed. And that's a good thing when it comes to the Camacho Nicaragua. Forged in fire with full frontal flavor, nice notes of sweetness, spice, oakiness, Forged in volcanic soil, rolled perfectly, starting with the Ecuadorian wrapper to the Honduran binder and the Nicaraguan, Honduran, and Dominican fillers. The Camacho Nicaragua is bold, is rich, a nice medium to full-flavored cigar. If you're looking to up your taste, try the Camacho Nicaragua because some things just can't be tamed. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. I have said all along that now we are living in a society where everything you do or say all of a sudden is hashtag me too, especially those of us that are males. If you look at a woman the wrong way, all of a sudden you are conducting what's called a suggestive glance. If you look at a woman in the eyes while you are talking to her, that could be deemed as being a sexual act, a sexual maneuver. I kid you not, I was talking to a friend of mine who had to go through, at a very large company, they had to go through, this is about five years ago, they go through special training, uh, EEO training, uh, equal opportunity employment, non-harassment training, and they said that when you look at somebody, you sh- especially a woman, you shouldn't necessarily look in their eyes because that could be considered a suggestive glance. Huh? I'm always taught when you look at someone, you look them in the eye. When they're speaking, look them in the eye. Don't look up. Don't look down. Don't look to the right or left. I'm sure you've met people where you're talking to them. They're looking everywhere except at you. Don't trust those people. I've seen them. Every single time I see somebody like that, you get the bad vibes. And I'm right all the time about it. I can't tell you. I had somebody, I'll never forget, a friend of mine was saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do this deal with someone. I'm like, You ever notice when you talk to them, they never look at you in the eye? Yeah, but that shouldn't be a big deal. I said, trust me, it's a big deal. Turned out it was a big deal. They ended up getting screwed on their business deal, but that's another story. However, in this hypersexual charged, hypersensitive environment that we now live in with this hashtag me too, everything is considered evil and dangerous. In fact, the feminists now would like every person on the planet to believe that every boy that comes out of the womb starting from one minute old is a potential potential sexual predator. Let's go to Denmark. Consent. They have changed the law in Denmark where, you know, basically it used to be, okay, if somebody rapes someone, you know what rape is. Somebody performs intercourse violently on you, not unwantingly, you know that that's considered rape. You don't necessarily need a legal definition for that. I think we all know what it is. Well, Danish prosecutors previously had to prove that violence was used on someone who was unable to resist intercourse in order to legally constitute rape. But 
Last month, the Danish parliament passed a new law that made it a criminal offense to have sex with a person who did not consent. Well, I would say if somebody, if there is a law, does that mean that you have to ask a woman, do you officially consent for me to conduct sexual horizontal maneuvers with you? Do you consent for me to bang you? Do you consent for me to get you into missionary and then doggy, reverse cowgirl, and pile driver? Apparently that is the case. And leave it up to some very enterprising Danish entrepreneurs. There is a new phone app that gives men a 24-hour consent contract, which has, of course, sparked fury. Now, I say, why? Wait a minute. If... The law says that you need to have consent from a woman. I would say from a legal perspective, a man would say, listen, I want to make sure I'm protected. I don't want to make, I want to make sure that nobody can accuse me because you know what happens. Down the road, you get into a relationship. There's nothing, what is it? Nothing is evil as a woman scorned, scorned. And if all of a sudden you break up with a woman, she's scorned, who knows what she will say. We've seen this before. This isn't unusual. Do most women do it? No. Do many? Yes. So I say, this is wonderful. Now, before you bang a chick, before you bang a dame, before you shtup, you now can say, here's an app. Do you voluntarily consent? And the way that this app apparently works, it's called I consent. It ensures that both parties agree to intercourse. Now, of course, other groups have slammed the app as nonsensical. It undermines the complexity of consent. Why should they be complaining? If this is what they want to have consent before you bang somebody, whether it's a male banging a female, a female banging a male, male banging a male, female banging a female, what's wrong with having an app that says, hey, we can legally consent? And of course, you have many of these groups that are in favor of consent saying, oh, this is, it's a sexual relationship isn't about a contract. This is not what it's about. Well, apparently, the Danish parliament has made it about that. So users enter the number of the person they want to bang. They send a request. The other is then given the option to accept it or reject it. And it is designed so the consent is valid for 24 hours, but it is limited to sexual intercourse. So what happens is you're going on a hot date, right? You had some wine. You go to a club. There's some music playing, some jazz. You're on the dance floor. You're getting some wood. She's getting a little moist. Everything's going nicely. You want to take her home. You want pleasure maneuvers. Before you leave, you say, sweetheart, you know what? I'm just going to send you a little eye consent. Put her number in. All you have to do is just say, yes, I consent. That's it. Done. It's easier than putting a condom on. Far easier. But of course, many of these groups that are proponents of consent don't like it. Why? Why don't they like this I consent app? I'll tell you exactly why. Because they still want the ability for a woman, even if she gives consent, to turn it around so they can go after a guy, go after a man, go after a member of the male species. They want to use that as power against a man. That's why they don't like this brilliant app. So I say this app is wonderful. I consent. 
Karsten Nielsen, the co-developer of the app, defended I consent. He suggested it was ahead of its time. And he is right. I mean, think about this. If they are so concerned, the feminists are so concerned about consent, avoiding rape, this is perfect. But again, they don't like electronic consent. They don't like any written consent, even if it were on a piece of paper. Why? Because they still want the ability to go after a man, to ruin his life, because if the man breaks up with the woman or something happens in the relationship, they still want the woman to have the power to destroy a man. And we've seen that with hashtag me too. There are a lot of scumbags that we've seen in corporate business. We've seen a lot of the casting couch stories in entertainment, television. I have no problem with those me too, those women that said, hey, you know what, to get this job, I had to sleep with this skis bag. And when you read some of the nonsense that Harvey Weinstein and that uh, Les Moonves, the former CEO of CBS, and some of these clowns have done, they're absolute scumbags. There's no doubt. But now what we've seen are women that are accusing men that did not in any way, shape, or form ask women to perform uh, acts that for them to get jobs or to get promoted, but they're using that now as a leverage and negotiating tool. It's exactly what they are doing. We always say the scale goes from one, one extreme to the other. And we saw one extreme where in corporate business and in, in entertainment, casting couch, hey, you want to move up? Yep, you got to bang the boss. You got to blow the boss. Listen, I'm not in favor of that, unless it's voluntary, of course. I mean, unless it's consensual, where you both have the hots for each other. Although I always say you shouldn't dip, dip the company pen, or the, you shouldn't dip your pen in the company inkwell. Not a good idea. Don't shit where you eat. That's a bad idea. And I've stated that all along. There's plenty of tail on every street corner. You can find it. You don't need to get it where you work. Sergeant Steve, don't we know somebody that uh, dipped his pen in the company inkwell early on? I know several, but I'm sure I know the one you're referring to. Exactly right. Yes. We'll just leave it at too much steroids. How's that? I think, I think that'll be a good I definitely know the one you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. Exactly. Not very bright. One of the dumbest sons of bitches I probably ever met in my entire life in, the, in, in, uh, in business. But look, there is a time if you are attracted to someone, I get that. That's different. If it's consensual, you both, even though it's probably not a good idea in your own workplace, but there's a big difference between consensual and basically saying, well, if you want this job, here's the casting couch, or, hey, meet me in my room tonight. Now, for any woman to go meet a guy in his room, come on, that's ridiculous. I would never in a million years tell a woman, well, we'll have a business meeting in my uh, hotel room tonight. No. If you're going to, to me, most business meetings, if you're going to meet for business, you have lunch. Or you can say, hey, we'll meet for a drink. And today, you don't even want to do that. Most of the time, you meet in a conference room in an office where everyone can see what's going on to avoid even the hint of impropriety. In fact, I've got a friend of mine who their conference rooms were always, they had a door and there were walls. After this whole nonsense, when they were remodeling, every conference room now, glass. You see right through it. So nobody can say, oh, listen, he got me in the conference room and wanted to bend me over on the chair and take me to town. Nope. Men, you have to be careful. You know that. But there's a huge difference between scumbags, consensual. But the reality is, in today's environment, it is sad but true that there are some cases 
where you have to have consent. And guess what? Now that it's a law in Denmark, I would say for any man not to have that app and not to get consent before banging a dame would be extremely stupid and putting you at legal risk, even if you did nothing wrong, because then it becomes a he said versus she said instead of here's my electronic consent, here's where we, we did it, yep. We, the consent took place at this particular restaurant at this particular time. She accepted. We're both on the same page. Consent has been given. That is my story, and I am sticking to it. We'll wrap it up right around the corner. Gurkha has been manufacturing the world's finest cigars for 30 years. And to commemorate their 30th anniversary, they created the Gurkha Trenta, a pleasant, medium-bodied cigar, exquisite in every way. Taste, construction, pleasure, notes of sweetness, complex flavors, nice spice, all wrapped in a medium-bodied cigar. If you're looking for an exquisite cigar in every way, it's the Gurkha Trenta, celebrating Gurkha's 30th anniversary. To explore the entire Gurkha portfolio, visit GurkhaCigars.com. Drinking water. I'm not sure anybody needs to be trained in the art of drinking water. Sergeant Steve, let me ask you this. Do you think you need a course on drinking water? Well, you know, sometimes it's tough coming out of the bottle. It can, you know, kind of run down the side of your lips and stuff. You don't, you know, or if you put your whole mouth around it, it becomes tough. So perhaps maybe. You know, that last comment you made, I've heard that before. You put your mouth around it, your whole mouth around it could be tough sometimes. I've heard that before. That's not another story. However, water, pretty simple. I mean, yes, it can spill, and yes, there are times when you, you, too much coming out and you can, it can drip. But do we need a course? Does anybody need a course on this planet on how to properly drink water? Apparently, the Brits do. Britain's publicly funded broadcaster, the BBC, which, by the way, every single Brit, you may not realize this, well, Americans may not realize this, but the Communications Act of 2003 in Britain requires Britons to pay a 154 pound per year license fee to support the BBC if they watch live television or use the BBC iPlayer. Those found to be using the services without paying the tax are subject to a fine of 1,000 pounds, a court appearance, and possible jail time. And in fact, in 2018 alone, 121,000 Brits were convicted of evading the tax, resulting in the imprisonment of five people in England and Wales. So you actually pay a fee per year to support the BBC. Taxpayer dollars supports uh, CBC in Canada, Canadian Broadcasting Company. PBS here. Government dollars, which is absurd. Zero dollars from government coffers should be used to support the ultra-liberal PBS. If you want to watch public broadcasting, great. Make a donation. I don't need my tax dollars to fund the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and PBS and NPR. No, thank you. Well, the BBC has now been branded a complete joke after it revealed it ordered its staff to take a one-hour course on how to drink water. During the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus pandemic, the BBC has produced a series of wellness webinars 
aimed at helping staff maintain mental and physical health. One such course is entitled Hydration, a one-hour course on the benefits of drinking water and how to properly stay hydrated. Here's how you properly stay hydrated. In fact, Sergeant Steve, do you have a timer there? I can get one, yeah. Okay. Tell me when you're ready to start timing. I'm ready. Okay. Here is how to properly stay hydrated. Ready? Yep. Drink water. How long did that take? One second. One second. Okay. One second. They spent an hour on how to properly stay properly hydrated. One second. Drink water. That's it. Pretty simple. Is that common core drinking water? Yeah, that's, that is common core drinking water. Exactly right. In an email sent out to the BBC staff, they explained that attending this webinar will help you to identify the importance of being fully hydrated and find practical ways to achieve this state every day and to understand how being fully hydrated will improve health, overall well-being, and performance. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, drink water. That's it. Just tell people, drink water. Course is done. You know, this, to me reeks of government bureaucracy things that are a good friend of mine one, once told me life is a very simple game everybody makes it complicated life is a very simple game but everybody makes it complicated you want to know how to stay hydrated drink water when you're thirsty drink water before you go work out drink water pretty simple but everything has to be a giant bureaucratic mess it never fails. Somebody was telling me that to get their Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus shot, they had to fill out a questionnaire with 56 questions. Now, when I got my flu shot, I think there were like five questions. Are you allergic to eggs? Are you pregnant? Are you allergic to anything else? Have you had a cold or the flu in the last two weeks? And maybe there's one other question. Five questions. Why do you need 56 questions? Again, government, bureaucrats, these are the people that have the clipboards that have nothing better to do. And apparently, they have nothing better to do with the BBC or at the BBC as well. Very quickly, let me tell you something that I guarantee that will be worth your time, and that is joining the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Why? Because you get three fantastic cigars every single month shipped to you in a Cigar Dave Officers Club Ziploc pouch. And those three cigars will provide you with ample pleasure. They will provide you with an escape to relax, to enjoy life, to, to just calm yourself with all the nonsense going on with the Biden regime. A cigar is the one area, one respite that allows you to live in a state of euphoria. And for January, the Officers Club selection is the brand new Alec and Bradley Kintsugi, an elegant, true medium-bodied cigar created by second-generation cigar makers Alec and Bradley Rubin. Kintsugi is a Japanese art form where a vase or a vase is broken, and then it is, or a ceramic is broken, and then it is... It is glued back together with a gold lacquer that makes it even more unique. And cigars like the gold lacquer are a bonding agent bringing people from all walks of life together. So when Alec and Bradley Rubin decided on a name, Kintsugi, very unique. And once you light up the Kintsugi, your senses will be invigorated. Notes of chocolate, spice, beautiful cigar, Honduran Troje wrapper, Honduran Nicaraguan binder and filler. It's a delight. 
Those are the kind of cigars you get as a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club. So go to CigarDave.com right now. Click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month. You'll get three fantastic cigars shipped to you. Members of our Officers Club will get those cigars later this week, early next week. They had to stay in the aging room another couple of weeks because they are so new, but they're going out. You shall have them. And for February, we've got a special Crowned Heads sampler, a portfolio sampler, three of their fantastic cigars. And we've got great selections all throughout 2021. Just go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month. You become a member and get great cigars such as the Alec and Bradley Kintsugi. All right, as always, be sure that you give us a five-star review and make sure that you punch the subscribe button. Make sure you also search for our Cigar Dave Show Brother podcast at your favorite podcast aggregator or provider. Make sure you listen to that for all cigar-related content, news, litation ceremonies. As always, from Command Center Alpha, it is Alpha Dave, your global five-star general alpha male-in-chief. Live it up, and as always, screw the enemies of pleasure. (laughs) 